It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Three. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leading Room Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Amilcar. What's going on, brother? Having some... I'm good, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a show if we weren't struggling at the last right? minute to fix the audio and, and video tech, but we got it together. I know, and I forgot to take off the web browser. I forgot to, you know, uh, take it off, and so that's why I was, like, hearing double right now. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Anyways, everybody, welcome back. It's Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time in the East Coast. Uh, glad to see everybody back here with us on Leaving the Ring. We definitely got a lot of stuff to uh, talk about. A-Rod, ¿qué pasó? How you doing, brother? Um, well, I mean, I thought we had a great night of Saturday uh, fights. Um, pretty much, going on? you know, pretty much what I thought was going to end up uh coming down we didn't have a chance to do our prediction or what danny garcia had to do but you know i, I obviously thought he was going to be a live underdog and um we did on the round table on thursday that's right right in the ring round table yes we are yes we did we definitely did do that you know um worked on some new graphics for the show so i'm still trying to get used to what we're gonna put up here uh, you know, um, so uh, bear with me. But no, here's the rundown. This is what we got going on. We're going to definitely have to preview uh, Joshua versus Polov, uh, Stevenson versus another guy that nobody's really heard of. Um, and then we're going to talk about a very anticipated fight for the new year to start off February after the Garcia and Campbell fight. Uh, the, the big news there, Milkar, uh, Floyd Mayweather is going to be fighting a YouTuber. Wow. For, for likes. And subscriptions. Wow. And uh, he's probably going to be fighting him for some uh, WBC strap too, right? Maybe another probably. Black Lives Matter belt. Uh, I think it's going to be like a YouTube know. award. You Maybe know? it'll be trans, trans Life Matter this time. Figure yeah. out something new that they, could, that they could lend their name to. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely, you know. Um, but I think we should just probably go into uh, immediately about – Garcia and and Spence, the performance of Errol Spence, the the worry and the concern about Errol Spence Jr. was really mainly about that that car crash and how well has he recuperated? Was he a hundred percent? Was his jaw going to be able to take a punch? Um, and then we end up seeing that he he end up giving up a pretty stellar performance. Let me hear your thoughts and your scorecard on that fight. 
Well, I didn't actually score the fight. Um, I probably should have. But off the top of my head, probably gave Danny Garcia maybe four rounds. Um, you know, it's that kind of fight, 8-4, you know, maybe 9-3, maybe 7-5. Uh, uh, Anywhere within that range would have been would have been uh, good. I mean, look, Danny Garcia is a counterpuncher. We said it before the fight. His dad mentioned it during the fight. Yes. He was waiting to land the perfect shot, and Errol Spence didn't really let him land the perfect shot. And Errol Spence is someone who in the past had kind of, you know, walked back straight after his punches. And, um, you know, may maybe that would have let people think that, you know, he'd be susceptible to that kind of Danny Garcia straight right counter. Hmm. But he was stepping around him. He was using his jab on the inside. He really didn't give... Danny Garcia much room to work and, no, he and he was throwing unfortunately Danny Garcia wasn't countering enough you know early Sunday morning here in New York you know late uh, Saturday night your time out there on the west coast day right. mm -hmm. I did a post fight with G Funky and I said on that post fight that I was waiting for Danny Garcia to do what he did in the last 15 seconds of the round mm -hmm. early in the final round earlier in the fight Last 15 seconds of the fight, he's throwing combinations. He's going for it. He needed to do more of that if he was going to win. His dad was asking for that, you know? And his dad, I got to tell you this. I would say around like five or six, was it me or did Angel Garcia also sound it defeated? You know? Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, telling his son what he needed to do. Stop giving him that respect. Stop waiting. Stop going to the ropes. Uh, you got to fight inside the punches when Spence throws. Uh, I mean, he was giving him some really good instructions, you know. I know the commentators were really concentrating on the copy box rather than on the actual action that was happening there, you know. But let me let me throw this out there. The one thing that Danny didn't do that a lot of us thought he would, threw, uh, would throw was his favorite punch is the left hook. He didn't throw yeah. that, which I said he shouldn't do. do is he, what he should do is, excuse me, throws that right hand. He was throwing that right hand. The thing is, though, is that Danny doesn't set up punches at all. You know, what he basically yeah, likes to do... for the counter. Right, he wants to counter and stuff. And with Spence, the thing what I like about Spence is that Spence is a classic boxer who creates moments for himself, which you're supposed to do, okay? He uses the jab really well. He doesn't expend too much energy, and he doesn't throw away a lot of punches. Every punch he throws, it has a meaning behind it. He's doing it for a particular reason, either to move you or to flinch and then attack, you know? So overall, uh, Danny Garcia just looked really puzzled. I mean, extremely puzzled in there. Um, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't actually even time Errol Spence, and that was one of my concerns, is could Errol Spence come back with the timing immediately? And right off the bat, I mean, I saw this, uh, you know, his timing was there, the, the strength was there, and he obviously was showing that, you know what, I'm 100% back. Yeah, he looked like he was 100% back, didn't look like he was worried at all about his jaw, which was my main concern for him right. going into the fight. I mean, we, we all knew that from what we've seen in the past that Errol Spence Jr. is a higher-level boxer than Danny Garcia. Yes. And the main concern was whether or not there would be any repercussions from the car crash. And he showed us that really there weren't. I guess he had enough time to heal up. He definitely had enough time to game plan for what Danny did Saturday night. And I thought it was a very solid performance.
I thought so too. You know, I, I definitely thought that, you know what, um, he just kind of picked up where he left off, you know, and really up against Danny Garcia. I mean, he showed, he definitely showed he has the poise. He definitely shows that he still has the IQ up there. Um, and nothing seemed to bother him. Even when Danny did land some good solid shots, uh, you know what? Even when Danny was getting that last flurry on uh, the last 15 seconds of the 12th round, I mean, you still saw a very calm collective Errol Spence in there. You know, I mean, he's at home. When he's in the ring, it's that the one thing that we were starting to see with Errol Spence is that he's really comfortable in that ring. Yeah, he is. And I just posted in the chat, guys. It's 917 426 8296. If anyone wants to call in to speak to us, we have fixed our phone system and we've got it running smoothly now for anyone who wants to call in. You were saying, Dave? I'll put that up right there right now. It's up on the screen if you guys want to call in. 917-426-8296. Let's talk boxing here on Leave the Ring. Uh, definitely, let's say, uh, Outlaw, what's up, brother? Chicano Prophet, A-Rod, everybody that came through, thank you for coming through. Sorry about that. I'm over here just grabbing things and throwing it all over the place here. And he was countering good. Arrow had his timing down by the fifth round. All true, A-Rod. Props to Arrow. Fought a good fight. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. You know, I mean, his jaw's intact. Uh, I know my, like one of my buddies, uh, he lives up, he was in, you know, he lives in Texas and he's actually, I think he was like 30 minutes away from the fight. And he was like, man, I want to go. I don't know. Should I go? Should I go? I'm, I'm going to look up the tickets. He's all, but I just don't know. I mean, having your teeth, you know, new teeth in your mouth, your jaw reconstructed. Da, 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 da. He's like, I don't think he could pull this off. And I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, because fighters, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Arthur Abraham had his jaw, you know, broken. And hanging out of hang, yeah, hanging. You know, I mean, fighters, boxers, and fighters go through a lot. There is no such thing as a hundred percent with a fighter. You know, they're gonna obviously tell you that there's a hundred percent leading into the fight, but they always end up either telling the truth after the fight or years down the line, you'll find out. Like either I had a cold, uh, my left arm was hurting, my knee was hurting, my ankle was, I had a sprain in my ankle. There's always something. It's very rare that you find out a fighter's a hundred percent. With Errol Spence, man, I, 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 it's really hard to pick whether or not he wasn't 100% in that fight because, like I said, his performance was 100% of what I saw. He controlled every round, you know? It's not like Danny wasn't trying. I really thought Danny was trying, but the jab of Spence really puzzled him. The movement of Spence puzzled him. The, the, the flinching and in and out of Spence really puzzled him. And here's one thing about what I like about Errol Spence that he does too at Milkar is that even when he's not doing much in the ring, he's still winning the, the round. Yeah. And when you're boxing a counterpuncher puncher that's waiting for the perfect shot, if you're that counterpuncher, it's going to be tough for you to win the close rounds. It oh, really, really is. Tough. Really, really, really tough. I was tough. really impressed by the uh, Fondura kid. I told you about that. Uh, oh, I told you. yes. I'm telling you, if he just adds some some uh, feint to his to his attack, he's going to be serious problems for a lot of people. He's well, really sitting there in his punches. Well, Granted, I, I think go ahead. I think I think the feint just to add to your feint. I think a jab too. Oh yeah, you know because I mean, look, he's 
He's comfortable of letting his hands go because that's really all he needed to do in this last fight. And he's probably, yeah. that's all he's going to really have to do in a lot of fights because of his height and stuff. But one of these guys at 154, they're going to figure out how to give him angles where his legs, I mean, there's one criticism I had about Fedora. Remember that I know the camp. I know the guys that are working with them. Uh, Red is a really good friend of mine. He calls me up. He's like, give me the honest truth. And the one thing I criticized with his legs, I said, dude, he's got to get his feet underneath them. And now that you see his feet are really underneath them. He's oh, really, yeah. he's, he's able to really pack a punch. Um, his inside game is actually really good. But the one thing that I noticed that every guy they put in front of him has been kind of tailor made for him where he doesn't have to really use footwork to, to cut off the ring or to, you know, shorten the distance and stuff, you know, Charlo or somebody else like that that are watching and studying him. They can look at that and go, you know what? I know what I need to do to this tall guy is give him angles, make him actually turn. And I could just start pot shopping from the side, you know, and, and notice that I don't have to stay at a distance and close in because that's where he wants to be. You know, from door wants to be, you know, in the pocket with you in that phone booth uh, uh, fight style where another guy's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to fight in the outside because we haven't seen we haven't seen Fondora really. Uh, uh, we don't know whether he has an educated jab or if he even knows if he has a jab. Uh, we don't because he hasn't had to use it, unfortunately. But look, if he can add that jab to what is already, I consider to be a really solid uppercut and hook game. Yeah. I mean, it, I really see this kid being able to do great things if he adds the jab. And obviously we have to see him test it against a higher level guy who's going to really test his chin. But I have seen him eat punches in the past, which I actually yes. think is a problem because he's eating punches he shouldn't be eating. Um, we didn't really see that in this last fight because he was just all offense. He didn't really have to think too much about about his last defense. Last fights has been all offense, you know. Yeah. His last fight, he was all offense, and then this fight uh, that we just saw on, on Saturday on the pay per view card, all offense as well. And that's why I said there's questions there. We may not find any of that out at 154 uh, because I hardly believe he's going to stay at 154. Maybe another year or two. Uh, I think that eventually he's going to start packing on some pounds. His man strength is going to kick in and he's probably going to move up to 160 and then possibly 168. And he'll probably end up seeing him at 175, you know, uh, you know, five, maybe six, six years. Six. You'd end yeah. up at cruiser, maybe heavyweight. You never yeah. know. He's a, he's a massive, massive kid, you know? <laughs> uh, and it, you know what though? Being so lanky that a lot of times when you're that lanky, you're really not that, athletic yet you know you're really awkward you're off balance and that's what i saw you know three four fights back was a very awkward kid that had a lot of height so i didn't i didn't have a lot of hope for him in the beginning you know and that's yeah. why my criticism was like dude you guys got to get on his legs you guys got to get his legs underneath them he looks like a baby bambi out there um i'm not I'm really, really sure you know what i'm saying uh, uh might have to wait till he gets a little older i don't know but i i could see they took it to heart and they really went to work on that where they got him to really kind of sit on his punches and just take baby steps going towards his opponents, which is good. But let's now add another another weapon to the repertoire, which would be a jab, you know, which would keep a guy on the outside and kind of confuse him where they believe I got to get in the inside where Fandora wants. That's what Fandora wants. He wants you in the inside. So confuse him by having a jab and they're like, shit, this stick is in my face. I got to get in that pocket and start landing inside shots. And then Fandora's like, see, I didn't have to do much. I suckered you in. I trapped you, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know what? The 154 divisions got a lot of talent. Oh, yes. They definitely definitely do. I mean, it's it's a hot division right now. Who would want to fight him right now? Honestly, who would want to fight him? Yeah, you know, at 6'6", but like I said, you know, you know, take nothing away from from Charlo right now, the who holds a, a title at 154. Take nothing away from him. He could probably get the job done, but that height is what's going to really puzzle you because let me ask you this. Who do you get to spar? I mean, I mean, who do you bring in as spar partners? I mean, yeah. you'd have to fight heavyweights. Exactly. You I mean, even fight. a lot of Look, this guy's taller than Daniel Dubois. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's taller than Kubrat Pulev, who's going to be fighting this weekend. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. He's the same height as Anthony Joshua. And he's fighting at 154 pounds. It's ridiculous. Yes, definitely ridiculous. You know, I, what I like about Pandora is how he likes to throw the uppercut, which is always great because when a, oh, when, a, when a smaller, shorter guy wants to get low to make the taller guy crotch down to throw his punches downward, it's always smart. I'm always, you know, I always love the fact that you would see like Lennox Lewis. If you try to get low on him, he'll pick your ass, your pick your ass up by throwing an uppercut. And Fordora was doing exactly that. That he was like making sure that your head was in position for his shoulder length so he could throw these punches. He didn't want you to go down, you know. And if you kept your guard up high, he would go underneath in, in, underneath that guard. So Fordora, really, honestly, is a student of the game. I like what he saw, what I saw from him. But I, am I on the Fordora train yet? Not, 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 not yet. I'm, the good I'm thing there. I'm there. I'm getting you're there. Almost there. You're, you're, or if you're there, you're way at the end on the, on the last car. Right. You're not up front with the conductor. So me, you know, look at the division and look at the division here in terms of PBC versus other promotions. He's with the right promotion. I mean, you got Jermel Charlo, yes. Erickson Lubin, Tony Harrison, uh, Jason Rosario's already fought under PBC. You have Jarrett Hurd, right? Yes, sir. They have a lot of people lined up for it, and I'm sure, you know, Patrick Texera is going to, the Brazilian can fight under PBC, yep. right? The the one guy out of the PBC uh, kind of group there that I'm really, really a fan of is Tim Zhu. And I'm sure he's going to be willing to step up and fight some PBC guys. So the PBC's got the 154s on lockdown, I think. They certainly do, you know. And here's another thing is that Pondoro is a really nice kid. If you, As you saw in his post-interview, he was like, look, I'm not a trash talker. I'm not going to call anybody out. Uh, excuse me. If you didn't learn from Sean Porter uh, but that, you know what, if you just stay the nice guy, everybody's going to pass you up. You got to start opening up that trap and say, hey, this is the guy I need to fight. And if you're not doing it that way, you need to get on your management and say, hey, this is the guy they need to fight, yeah. you know, get, you know go, yeah. go up against. Maybe he needs to get uh, Angel Garcia as his manager. Get him do some talking. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a lot of talking on, on Saturday night, though, after that sixth round. I'm telling you. <laughs> he well, he did it, but the funny thing was he was, like, yelling at fans that were heckling him after the fight. Oh, I know, dude. <laughs> what kind of shit is that, man? Leave the old man alone. I'm alone. I think Angel's, like, my age, you know. Leave, leave us older guys alone to be heckling us. Oh, enough to be your guys' daddies, goddammit. Fucking <laughs> oh, kids. Man. Kids. Kids. But okay, let's get to this, okay? Yeah. I thought the effort of Terrence Crawford showing up at the fight in, in Dallas, Texas, 
Um, I thought that it was a great effort. Uh, it shows the, the that, you know what, he's motivated in wanting to fight Errol Spence. I thought he should have been there on the sideline waiting to be interviewed. Hopefully, after the post-interview that, that Errol Spence was giving uh, to Fox, you know, but he never he wasn't there. He was only in, in attendance in the audience. But here's the thing. I don't know what happened, but I think Russell uh, Gary Russell Jr. hacked the post interview because I heard uh, you'll see me next year at the su- in summer in the summertime. What what is that all about? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I know they've got beef going back to their times as amateurs, but. As a guy who's one thirty, really want to step up and fight? No, I'm, what I'm what I'm saying is that Errol Spence sounded exactly like Gary Russell Jr. by saying, "You'll see me next year in the summertime." Okay, okay. I, was <laughs> I was confused there because I did hear in the past that Crawford and, and Russell had some beef, so I got a little confused there. No, I see what you're saying. I, I, what he's probably alluding to is the fact that Terrence Crawford is going to be out of his top rank contract by then. And they don't want to leave any money off the table, meaning they don't want to give a piece of the pie to Bob Arum. So why not just wait? I mean, I hope the fight... It has to happen. Listen, um, let me ask you this. Does it ha- do you feel like it needs to happen in 2021? Uh, guys that are tuning in right now, do you guys feel like it has to happen in- for 2021? Because if it doesn't, then it's just going to die out. Like, the the right now... The, the you know like being pumped for it is eventually you're just not going to have any interest for it it can go a couple of of ways it can go to unfortunately i hope this never happens to but to where bo holyfield sorry bo lewis went which has mm. never happened right and the fight we've always wanted to see that never happened it could <laughs> uh, gamboa lopez <laughs> which it never happened <laughs> Gamboa, Gamboa Lopez, a similar story, or it could go. Uh, unfortunately, Manny Floyd happens, but happens too late, right? Yeah, Arod is saying early, early 2022. Right now, they're in their primes, but that's what I'm saying. It has to happen now. Longer, but he's not going to be in his athletic prime for much longer. He's already what 33, about to be 34. Yeah. So the fight does need to happen soon. It needs if to happen soon. Special fight, meaningful fight that we all want it to be. You know, I just don't want the air to be let out of the balloon for this fight. The steam is there. Go after it, you know. And I thought the initiative should have been Terrence Crawford going up there, uh, doing a Hector Camacho Sr. rant, calling the guy out, or even like Pernell Whitaker back in the day. He jumped in the ring. After you won the fight, he would jump in the ring and say, hey, I want to fight you. Let's make this happen, you know. This is how you get the fans behind you, you know. So to me, it showed me that Terrence Crawford is a guy that's willing to want to go over there and 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 make this fight happen. Maybe not Bob Arum, but definitely Terrence Crawford there, you know. And uh, by hearing Errol Spence going like, uh, you'll see me next year, or didn't even want to bring up the mention of Terrence Crawford, that left me going like, ah, oh, dude, you looked 100%. You should be willing, and you just got this win off of Danny Garcia. And, and on all honesty, your argument should be my resume is better than Terrence Crawford at this time and at this moment. It's definitely better at 147 pounds. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't really think that's debatable. 
So just a reminder, everyone, uh, you guys can call in if anyone wants to speak with us. The lines are open. It's 917-426-8296. Again, that's 917-426. I'll put it up here right now. It's right up there. So if you guys want to call in. uh, Working. We're not testing this week. Ready to go. Yeah. And... well, I think I think the other thing that we need to talk about is uh, because the, the, here's the thing is that if there is no talks of Spence and Crawford next, and Crawford obviously is in the top rank promotional realm, and uh, Errol Spence is looking at someone else in the PBC world because I mean Sean Porter, uh, you know now a commentator and honestly has gotten even more braver. He kind of came out of his shell being a broadcaster. You know, yeah. and having a having a podcast like he understands that words words really matter when you're trying to get a fight because you're doing yourself promotion, you're marketing yourself, okay. But there's a guy out there that doesn't need that. There's a guy that doesn't really need to say a lot of words, okay. And that's Manny Pacquiao. So I mean, so let me ask you this: uh, let's uh, let's play our little game here. Oh wait a minute, yeah. we have a call, right? Yeah, we got somebody calling in. Let's, let's get our calls in here first, and then we'll go on to uh, Yo, Let's you, Play Promoted. We got area code 214 on the line. Who is this? This is uh, AJ. What's up? You got a big fight this week. Are you ready? I can't hear you. I said you got a big fight this weekend, AJ. You ready? <laughs> nah, nah, <man. laughs> What's going on, brother? What's on your mind? What's up, bro? No, nah, no, nah, man. You know, um, I got a good chance. No, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, when you guys look at, like, for example, the welterweight division today, mm-hmm. like with Crawford and uh, Spence, and they're both kind of like pushing to their mid thirties. But back in the old days, when like Delahoy and Mosey was fighting, some guys weren't even thirty yet. So I mean, I mean, like I, the correlation between it is so weird. How these guys are like now. These super fighters are happening now while these guys are like almost out of their prime. I agree. I mean, when yeah. um, when Hagler fought Sugar Ray, I mean, actually, forget that. When Sugar Ray came out of retirement and people were saying he was too old, he was like 33. So times have definitely changed. Um, you know, sports and see that athletes are getting bigger, stronger, faster and are prolonging their careers. We look at a guy like LeBron and the success he's had in his mid and now entering into his late 30s. But you're absolutely right. It's it's totally changed. What do you think, Dave? Well, yeah, I mean, it's changed, though, because of the economics, you know. Uh, money value is completely different than what it was then, you know. Uh, fighters at that time, they, they, you know, they had to fight these big fights in order to get those big paydays. Fighters nowadays, they don't really have to do a lot of that, you know. Uh, you know, they, if they have a, over 100,000 followers on Instagram, they have negotiating power. That's not a bad thing, but it's a bad thing for us fight fans because we don't end up getting the fights we want to see, you know? Yeah, it looks like AJ uh, dropped off, but thanks for your call, AJ. Please call again. Yeah, there's, too, I mean, uh, um, London Left Hood Combo puts out there, there's just too much marinating. I, I agree with you, bro. There is way too much marinating. And it really comes down to the greediness of promoters, you know? I mean, think about this, okay? 
I know a lot. I know. Look, some people are gonna go like, "Oh, you're a top rank hater." Then there's some people that are gonna say, "Oh, you're a PBC hater. Oh, you're a DAZN hater." Dave, you're just a hater. Okay, just label me a hater. But I look at certain things. I go, "What promoter, honestly, has been out there that's always try to keep in house in house fighting? You know, try to keep their fighter in house to use all their resources before they decide to go. Let's go for the big fights." Okay, uh, Bob's notorious for it. He's very notorious of it, okay? We didn't get we didn't get Gamboa and Lopez. We didn't get Mayweather and Pacquiao till late, late, late. You know, uh, he's we he's poor he, version of Marquez Pacquiao. Yeah, you know, and here's another thing: is that Terence Crawford. Um, I mean, if you look at his welterweights, I mean, there's a reason why he to me he's not above Errol Spence right now. Okay, look at the guys that he's been facing and look at the guys that Spence has been facing. It's a little bit better. It's not much better, but it's far better than that, you know. And, and, and Bob Aram and Top Rank are okay with feeding Terrence Crawford these crops of guys that they have available because if you look at the history of every other Top Rank, look at Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto was getting fed a lot of guys that really didn't need to fight at that time. Even, even uh, uh, um, Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao was fighting guys who were out of their prime, uh, that wasn't even that weight division. I mean, it's a trend that he has a lot to do with, you know. So, but here in Arrow Spence as well. I mean, he's at, he's got to be at fault if he's not talking about about Crawford. There's a problem there. Yeah, absolutely. So you wanted to play promoter for a second, right, Dave? A lot of guys that really didn't even fight. Absolutely, I did. Yeah, but I answered Don's question really quick. What do you guys think about Anthony Yard? I hate the Mayweather style for him, man. We were talking about this. I mean, uh, a milk car on Saturday morning about this fight. Uh, Anthony Yard is his uh, his uh, his uh, kryptonite is good, is a jab. He just doesn't know how to get around it, you know. Um, and that you know that that whole Floyd Mayweather sh- shoulder, bro. I was we were talking about this in the car, and I was like, you know what that really stems from is that guys don't actually even incorporate it when they're hitting the hands mitts or they're they're hitting the heavy bag. If you look at Floyd, he incorporates it, you know. Um, it's it's actually a timing and it's actually a way for him to counter back, okay? And if you're not doing any of that, it's not gonna work, you know? And these guys are actually thinking of that this is a real defense move. It is, but it's a defense move to counter back, okay? And it takes time and it takes a lot of time to, to learn it and use it and then learn it to use it when you need it, okay? Uh, Anthony Yard is just watching tapes of Floyd and goes, it works for the champ, it works for this guy, you know, he got, he got through his fights and all that uh, throughout his whole career, but, and the truth is, is that, you know what, if you don't know how to use it and you don't understand what it's there for, there's no point of using that, okay? Here's another thing, a lot of trainers nowadays, they don't even teach you how to jab. They don't even know that there's a numerous amount of different jabs. It's just not one where you stick out. You know, there's the sword jab. There's a jab to the solar plex. There's a jab to, it's a short jab to make the guy get an inch closer so you can throw your right hand down. There's the stick to keep you off. There's the push jab to, to, to get you off balance. You know, there's just so much, there's so many ways to use the jab. Well, okay. Who does, I'll tell you who does uh, teach how to use the jab. That's Pat Barrett, Lyndon Arthur's trainer. And Lyndon Arthur was peppering Anthony Yard with the jab. I mean, Lyndon, Lyndon right. Arthur was putting a jab in clinic, um, and he essentially beat him with one hand. He had a hurt right hand. Yeah. And he just jabbed his ass off. And I was really looking forward to watching that fight. I mentioned it on the roundtable. I mentioned that I was more excited about that fight. Joe Joyce, the- man. Joe Joyce won, won his fight off a jab. Absolutely. Solely his jab. <laughs> 
But I was more excited about that fight in England than I was about the Martin Murray, Billy Joe Saunders fight. And the reason was I thought it was going to be much more competitive. And I thought that Lyndon Arthur had a really good shot at outboxing Anthony Yard. And that's exactly what he did. Absolutely. And that's exactly what he did. You know, I only watched the highlights. I didn't catch the whole fight because I kind of figured. And as soon as I saw that jab started, you know, that was being established. It's the same thing with Danny Garcia. He couldn't get past Errol Spence's jab. Uh, he was having a lot of problems with it. And you know what? An educated jab, get, it makes the fight a lot easier. George Foreman said all the time on HBO commentating, you know, have a jab. It makes the fight a lot more easier. Now, Mark, uh, what if Spence science is due to Al promising uh, him, Manny, or he might be moving up to 154 uh, fighting the stack PBC stable? Well, we're going to talk about that because we're going to play our game, uh, which is... Um, Let's play promoter here. So let's get that all set up here, uh, uh, Mokar. And uh, we're going to play promoter here on Leaving the Ring. Let's play promoter. Well, so here's my question to everybody out there, okay? If you were the promoter of uh, Errol Spence Jr. and you just got this great performance over Danny Garcia, uh, was pretty much a dominant performance, a shutout over Danny Garcia, what route would you really want to take? Would you want to go after Terrence Crawford for to be to to be the unified welterweight champion of the world, or would you rather go after Manny Pacquiao, a, a international star? Who really, honestly, people keep saying that he's on his way out, but he keeps proving that I'm here to stay. I still got a lot still left in me. Amilcar, what route do you take? I mean, if you're Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford, you have to go after the other guy. So that's the fight that those two guys need to be chasing. Chasing Manny at this point... I really don't see the point other than chasing the dollar, which I guess is an important thing to chase but let's face facts the guy's entering his mid-40s right really what really should you be proving against a guy like that i can see why manny wants to prove that he can still keep up with some young guns i mean he clearly did that against keith thurman but if i'm manny i'm going after guys like conor mcgregor and people who are going to bring me a name and who are going to let me show my skills I'm I'm not taking on young guys or younger guys in their in their early to mid 30s. I just don't see the point. He's already a first ballot Hall of, Hall of Famer. He's already one of the best boxers ever to lace a, a pair of gloves. He doesn't need to be doing that. <laughs> you know, if if look, I think what Al Hamby wants to do, and but my my thing is my concern is the same summertime because it obviously leaves Crawford out for 2022. But it is a good play move. If I was the promoter, Manny Pacquiao makes a lot of sense in Dallas, Texas, at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. It's gonna sell out. Uh, it you know they did that with when he when Manny Pacquiao went in against Antonio Magarito. It was a big turn up turn up for that one. So you know it's gonna be massive. Uh, Spence is the is the hometown favorite. Manny Pacquiao is an international favorite. So it makes a lot of sense. 
For him to move to 154, it could be a strong possibility if Manny Pacquiao says no, or the fact that maybe Errol Spence is having problems. But I haven't had I haven't heard any report about that, about him possibly having some problems, you know, staying at 147, especially the way he looked. Um, I mean, he looked phenomenal. You know, I think as long as he stays sober and stays out of that crazy nightlife, I think he'll be fine staying there at 154 for another two years. What do you think? David, I totally, I totally forgot to play promoter. I was just giving my own opinion. My <laughs> <opinion>. <laughs> well, you were playing promoter. You were playing. I will always play promoter here on Leaving the Ring. I definitely <laughs> put Manny Pacquiao into a, into a stadium. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. You put him in a stadium, and maybe that fight there. Uh, I think, with the, I think too, I think what that maybe, you know, if I was a promoter, and, and I could be wrong with this, but I'm maybe thinking, like, is there enough? Has it generated enough? Not just with, I mean, no, the hardcore fans, they want it, okay? They want it as much as, like, they wanted Timothy Bradley versus uh, 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 um, Devon Alexander. Uh, you know, and and if I'm that if I'm that if I'm looking at a pro like that, I'm going like, well, I know the hardcore hardcore fans want it, but do the do the do the the mass want it? Because uh, let's be honest here, Crawford is not a household name yet. No, he's not. And if you're a promoter, you essentially do what Jeff Horn's promoters did. You know, you drive a dump truck full of cash. You reverse it on a Manny Pacquiao's lawn in the Philippines and you invite him to a stadium fight. Unfortunately for Manny, that turned out to him losing against Jeff Horn. But at this point in his career, Manny's going to be doing the show, big business fights, the spectacle fights, the fights that are going to be in stadiums, just like you said. Yep. Anything less than that, I honestly don't think it's worth Manny's time. Exactly. But here's the thing, if you're Manny, who's essentially a self-promoter now, play promoter there. Who do you face? If I'm him, I'm I'm taking on an MMA guy like Conor McGregor. You That's know, what I thought. That's what I thought. You know what I mean? I mean, because uh, well, here's well here. I mean, let's play promoter. Let's go after Errol Spence. You know, you're obviously going to be the the real underdog in that fight. Um, uh, you're going to have issues with them because Errol Spence is a big welterweight. He's a young welterweight. He's got a good jab. Great boxing fundamentals. If I was a promoter, I would say, Manny, let's take that fight. Because if you lose, there's no shame in losing that fight. Because you can still get the Conor McGregor fight, which is another big fight uh, uh, that uh, people will still come out to watch. Wouldn't they? Yeah. And you could do that fight in England. You could do that fight in Ireland. You could do that fight in name the country. Conor McGregor is a big star, too. So obviously in the United States, you could probably do that fight in, in Dallas, Texas. Arlington, Texas. I mean, well, even, Vegas, even Vegas. Go out to you know the Raiders Stadium. The Raiders, the yeah, it's a massive event there because the one thing we we know with, with Manny and, and McGregor is that there's going to be a knockout. Manny's going to go oh, for yeah. that knockout, you know. Yeah, and by knockout, McGregor's getting knocked out. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Manny's yeah. going to go for that knockout. <laughs> you know what I do too. I, why not just do a fight where they they fight each other in those little UFC gloves? That I, I, you know, I yeah, a boxing match, but with those UFC gloves. You trying to? You try, I, man, are you trying to get Conor McGregor killed? Are you trying to get Conor McGregor killed? I mean, I mean, man, man, he's still got his speed and his power, man. 
the mainstream pundits like Skip Bayless to actually believe again that that uh, McGregor has a shot. Oh, you know, you know it doesn't matter. He'll, he'll believe it. There's going to be some kind of an advantage to McGregor and not Manny. Uh, Chicago Prophet, Manny has a lot going on in his life, too. He's gearing up for a run as president of the Philippines. Well, there's that yeah. there. You know, There's a great documentary, if anyone has Showtime, by the way, on uh, Esmeralda Marcos, uh, Philippines, and like the political dynasty there. You guys got to check it out. It's really, really good. And they, they kind of talk about the politics there. It, it, you can kind of relate it to what Manny's doing, unfortunately. Eric Boxer said, Manny is chasing Connor. He even signed with the same management company. Hey, see? I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. If I'm, if I'm, we're playing promoter. I'm the promoter. I'm like, look, Manny, listen. You probably believe you're going to beat Spence, but a lot of us don't. Let's go make a shitload of money in Dallas Stadium, the Cowboy Stadium. Fight Spence. You're going to give a valid effort. We all know that because he's a warrior. One thing about Manny, he, he shows up to fight, okay? Um, he tries his best. Even when he's injured, he tries his best, okay? I, I expect uh, what the outcome of what we saw with Floyd Mayweather against Manny Pacquiao would be the same outcome of what Errol Spence would do to Manny. I don't think he would stop Manny Pacquiao, but I think he would raise your shot, you know, just too sharp. Uh, chop him up a bit, beat him up, and he would end up leaving Manny's face the way Danny Garcia walked away after that 12th round. I would say that's what's going to happen. But let's go for the golden goose after that, which would be Conor McGregor. Boom. I, I, yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm thinking for Manny's sake. I, I'm playing promoter. I'm Manny's promoter right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, how about, how about Crawford's promoter? Prime fight them themselves in their prime because you know what none of those dudes are fucking with manny 10 15 years ago oh no no Let's nobody was <laughs> manny, <laughs> the manny who fought against margarito and and, and others at, at that time of his career kodo Haddon, uh yeah that that manny's a problem for all of these guys exactly no, I agree. But let's go play promoter. We're still playing promoter here. Guys, uh, if you guys want to call in, you certainly can. 917-426-8296. are really going for Manny here. Are they? How about, how about? A huge hand speed advantage over Spence based on what I saw Saturday. He's probably right he about is. that. Times in too. I think Manny stops Spence. Exclamation mark, sorry. Errol Spence, stop, uh, sorry, let me read that properly. Arrow couldn't stop either undersized Garcia. This is true. No, he couldn't. He couldn't. But I still think that Spence carried Garcia, though. I think Spence carried him, to tell you the truth, you know? Uh, Mikey. I think he carried Mikey. Yeah, I think he carried him, too. Yeah. I don't think he... I think he tried to knock out Garcia, but um, um, I I think that... You know what? I think there's a thing with with Spence that I'm starting to see. Is the trend with him is that he's comfortable outboxing you. He's comfortable yeah. doing the right moves and not overcommitting or making mistakes the way we're see- we've seen with Terrence Crawford. Absolutely, Crawford Absolutely. makes those mistakes because Crawford's willing to go in the fire. Like it would have been a completely different fight if it was Danny Garcia and Terrence Crawford, in my opinion, because Crawford would have left openings there for Danny to land some of those big shots. Where Errol Spence left very small margins of error in that fight. 
Mm-hmm. So I asked, I asked you guys this: if you're, you know, if you're Terrence Crawford's promoter, what do you do next for him? If no Errol Spence, where do you guys? Where do we put him at? Where do we go after? What do we do if with you're, him? If you're if you're Terrence Crawford's promoter, you don't re-sign him to that massive contract. That's what I would do. That, yeah, I agree with you. Because I wouldn't know what to do with them next. If I can't so get Aero Spence. Three, you could have like three, three mansions in Beverly Hills for what I <laughs> I'm his promoter, right? I get to say that? Exactly. I'd, I'd, have, a little, I'd have like a two-bed, two-bath condo in Cabo. Okay, I'd, I'd have a, a mansion in Beverly Hills. Maybe a couple performance sports cars. Let me get out of this contract. I don't want. I don't want to be a promoter. <laughs> I'm out. Sean Porter, yeah. Well, Sean Porter wants him. Andre, yeah, he does. He wants him. It's it's Crawford that doesn't want him. Or maybe Aaron got in his ear and said like, "No, you don't need him right now. You don't need him right now." You know. Uh, if I, playing, yo. Yeah. If I'm playing promoter, I would be Terrence Crawford. I'd be my own promoter. That's what I, Terrence Crawford should right now should be thinking. I need to be my own promoter. Can't promote himself though. I know he can. You're 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 David. I'm Terrence Crawford. Ask me a question, Terrence. What do you do next to get in the ring with any of those PBC guys? Forget Errol Spence. Are you going to try to make a fight with Sean Porter or any of the other guys? You hear that here? <laughs> That's crickets. Is that crickets? I thought I thought I thought I thought Crawford. I mean, uh, you know, Terrence would answer it another way, but crickets. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on here on Leaving Ring. If you want to call Land, you certainly can. 917-426-8296. Uh, I, I agree with everybody. Porter. It has to be Porter. Yes, it has to be Porter. I love to see Porter. Andre says, free agent is the future. Michael Hunter is now a free agent. Chicago Profit. Porter and Thor- or Thurman. Yes. If you guys were his promoter, that's exactly well, uh, that a promoter should go after is one of those guys. But it just doesn't look like I don't got that warm feeling that we're going to end up seeing that happen. I think, honestly, Crawford's going to end up fighting <laughs> Gary Russell Jr. Don't be surprised if that ends up coming out, you know, coming down to it and stuff. But hey, let's get to some previews and news here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, Anthony Joshua returns to the ring. And he's going to go against uh, Pulev. Let me ask you here, Amilcar, what do you think about this fight? Do we see the old AJ come out? Or do we possibly see the AJ from his last performance uh, when he got over the win against Andy Ruiz to retain back his titles that he lost? And AJ's on his way. Oh! St- <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the Huggy Bear theme song. <laughs> AJ's hugging now. Let's let's get him his music. Hold on. Let that rock for a little bit. Little jab, jab, huggy action. Little more jab, little hug. Little tap, tap, huggy, huggy. <laughs> hey, really quick before we even even get into your thoughts about AJ and pull up fight, uh, Nado puts out there. Let me put that up there really quick. Uh, if I'm Al Heyman, I tell yeah. Aram and Crawford, you beat Ugas first. Oh, dude. Then Al Heyman's never gonna. I mean, Bob is never gonna make that fight. <laughs> That's too big of a risk. There, there's no reward, you know, because Ugas would be a live dog against Crawford, in my opinion. 
Ugas is, I'm going to throw this out here right now. And people are free to disagree, but Ugas is even fucking money with anybody at 147. Yeah. If, I think he gets Spence problems, a lot of problems. If he's got fair judges, Ugas is even fucking money, 50-50 against all of the guys at 147. I thought he beat Porter. Yeah. Yeah, he did beat Porter, you know. But, okay, let's get back to the AJ fight. You believe it's going to be nothing but hugs, hugs and kisses against Bulov. Let that huggy bear rock, man. You know what's going to happen. AJ is going to hug. He has not been the same since the Anthony Joshua fight. You know, he's huggy bear. That's who he is now. You know, I think I, I referred to him as as a kitty cat on one of our past podcasts. You know, I got two cats here in in my apartment here in New York. And you know when cats are, like, facing off with each other? You know, uh-huh. they're kind of cat punchers naturally. They kind of look at each other for a long time. Right. Who's going to go second? Then they go at each other. Then there's a lot of hugging. Then one runs away. Then they hug again. AJ has been a different guy since he got touched up by Vladimir Klitschko. Since then, it's been nothing but a huggy bear action versus Carlos Taka versus Joseph Parker uh, and and, uh, versus Andy Ruiz. I mean, the AJ that fought Andy Ruiz does not even come close to resembling the AJ that was blasting out guys like Dillian White, Charles Martin, uh, Alexander Povetkin, he, he was totally changed by the Kalisco fight. It's Huggy Bear. It is Huggy. It is Huggy Bear. You know, and he did put on his dancing shoes against Andy Ruiz in the rematch. You know, this is this one thing. I mean, Pulov is, is an old warrior, okay? Uh, he yep. hasn't looked that great. His only chance is to land a big punch on, you know, Anthony Joshua if Anthony Joshua decides to stay there, okay? The one thing that Anthony Joshua needs to learn and remember is that guys that are normally taller than 6'3 are not good inside fighters. Lennox Lewis learned that. The Kaliskos learned that. You know, he's got to learn how to use his height. He's got to learn how to use a jab. He's got to learn how to use a straight right. He's got to learn that when you get in close, you grab and you hold. You do the huggy bear, you know, uh, move, okay? But I, I, I'm just very curious of... And I think it's too soon to find out whether AJ has found who he really is. I think he's always struggled. He's a very athletic guy, but I don't think he's he's a like a fighter fighter. Okay, we all know that he's not a fighter. He started boxing late, you know. Uh, he's not like he's not like a Tyson Fury who grew up in the fight game. That's why Tyson Fury is kind of like a freaking nature. He's the only guy that I know could be six seven and knows how to fight in the inside and knows how to box. Six nine. Oh, six nine. Idiots. Yeah, that's right. Or or Lennox Lewis, who started boxing in his early teens. You know, Lennox Lewis could box. And yeah. let's face facts: like he iced most of his opponents, and when he got knocked out, he didn't dance around in the rematch and hug and try to disengage. He went right at Rockman and sparked him. Wait, well, set him up. You know, Absolutely. he set him up and we, we just haven't seen that from AJ. And that just tells you the inexperience that AJ has, you know, yeah. because Lennox, I mean, he had a pedigree there. 
You know, so for him to go back to the drawing board, he understood he could do that because you're always going to fall down first before you get up, before you get in the pro rankings. You're going to have disappointments. Guys got to learn how to lose before they learn how to win. And, and, and when you see champions come back from a, from a loss, and especially like an explosive loss the way Lennox Lewis or even the way Latimer Klitschko lost, um, yeah. to see them come back and become dominant, that tells you everything about them, you know, that, that they, they, they're on a different mindset. With Anthony Joshua, I'm not sure if he can get there. We're going to find out with Pullum. And Pullum is, a, is the perfect opponent to build your confidence, to get that confidence back, right? And I, you know, I hope I'm wrong because I'd like to see a guy take it to fury when they eventually meet. I'd like to see a guy that wants to box and like go into the fire and really trade and go to war. Unfortunately, right now, I'm not really seeing that. And if I see more of the Huggy Bear on Saturday, I'm going to still be excited about the Fury fight. Put that music on. Put that music back on for the Huggy Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he needs to get get out of the Huggy Bear, man. We we don't need a a pimp walking 1970s Huggy Bear that doesn't want to fight. We we want a guy that really took it to guys back in the day. Go rewatch that Dillian White fight, Anthony. Come on, that's the Anthony Joshua we want to see. So let me ask you, what's your prediction with this fight? You think Pulub has a chance of beating Anthony Joshua? I mean, if he's hugging or if he's running, no. Anthony Joshua's going to size and his hugging to a 12-round unanimous decision. You think it's going to be an ugly, boring fight? Yeah. That's what you're saying. That's your prediction. Are you 100 about it? I don't want to say. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, do we need? Let me ask you this: Do we need Paula White back to call in to give us the ooga 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 to see if AJ will, will drop the huggy bear style? The last time I was 100 percent in terms of a fight with right. Anthony Joshua. I was dead ass wrong. Against Andy Ruiz, I did not see that. Well, I tell you this: this goes my prediction here with Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua has to do something in showing that he's really back into the talks of facing uh, Tyson Fury. I mean, look, I don't think he'll be out of the talks. I think he'll be the easy prey of the of the of the top heavyweight guys out there that would want a piece of. Anthony Joshua. If they wanted a piece of him back then, they're really going to want a piece of him now. Okay, so to me, it's 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 really fighting for the respect. Okay, does he have it in him <laughs> to fight for that respect? I'm not or really sure. He, or is he going to hug? That's what I'm saying. If he does any of that, then we know exactly where he stands. That this is where he believes he's going to cruise. That he's going to cruise all the way through and boxing history. Of playing it safe, which we all know it, 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 and eventually that ends because you're gonna have to face one of these guys, the big boys. He's slowly turning into Jamil McCline. Ooh, he's yeah. slowly, I'm telling you, this is yeah. what I see. He's slowly turning into Jamil McCline. Oh, you're and ruthless, you're Jamil ruthless Moore, tonight, Lewis. Heavyweight, but he's slowly going into the Jamil McCline heavyweight, and it's just. Lucky for him, he fought a guy who, you know, ate his way out of the heavyweight championship of the world. Hmm. Drank his way, ate his way, partied away, 
his, his heavyweight championship. I mean, that, yeah. that's why Anthony Joshua still has his titles. Yep. Yep. So, you know? I got, I, I'm same thing here. I mean, a pull up can get those old legs, oil them up, and uh, move in there and uh, create something with Anthony Joshua because you can make him uncomfortable, which is in yes, that inside can. pocket, what forces him to open up and start throwing wide left hooks and rights. Um, he can make something happen. But I still think that Anthony Joshua has the power to stop Pulo because he has so much wear and tear. But I'm going to go with you. I think the prediction is going to be a 12th round boring uh, decision for Anthony Joshua. Um, I don't think we're going to get anything. I don't think we're going to read anything out of Anthony Joshua that just other, other than the fact that he's comfortable holding on to these titles with the Huggy Bear style. They're already lining up the excuses, too, with stuff like, oh, there's not going to be a big crowd. You know, Anthony's used to fighting in a big crowd. This is going to be different. We don't know if he's going to get as excited. For this. <laughs> That's great. Oh, oh right. but to my me, God. The thing is, say what you will about Pulev. He's a good boxer, mm-hmm. and he's smart enough and skilled enough to survive in a fight. Yeah. You know, he... he to Klesko because he was actually going for it. You know, well, I, I think that... Well, I mean, but if no jab, if you have no jab, which I'm not sure Anthony Joshua is going to have a jab with this fight, I think he's going to rely on his athleticism, which is yeah. run and move and grab. I, that's why I say Pula might have a chance. Because if yes. he doesn't have to worry about some, you know, a jab to keep him on the outside, and he can, and if he can bum rush... Anthony Joshua, the way Rockman did to Lennox Lewis, or the way Andy Ruiz was able to get to him, then he's got something. But does he have the legs and the hand speed to reach Anthony Joshua? I mean, take nothing away from Anthony. You could say whatever you want, he hugs a lot, but he's still got power. He's a big, he's a big athletic heavyweight. He is. He's a big athletic heavyweight. Absolutely. And the thing is, his instinct used to be to trade and go to war when he got hit. But at, which is actually what caused the knockout with uh, Andy Ruiz. He he got too overconfident. He went in there trying to hook with a guy who's shorter and with shorter arms in him. And then when he got hooked, he, he did try to fight for a little bit. But Rob McCracken out there in England, they've been working on survival. <laughs> right? That's what, for the second fight. They worked on survival. They worked on not engaging when you get touched. Right. And you saw that. He got touched. And it was almost like, oh, I want to fight. Oh, no, wait a second. I got to go defensive and I've got to hug. You could see it. You could see it playing out in the fight. Personally, I would have liked to see him do what Fury did and get with a offensive-minded trainer that really focuses on the jab, like Sugar Hill out of the Kronk gym. I think that that would have been really good for, for Anthony Joshua. I think, personally, that he's met his limits with, with Rob McCracken mm-hmm. and a mob actually doing him a disservice at this point at least in terms of having him be an exciting fighter hmm well that's why we watch the fights to see what's going to happen next and let's see where AJ is at in his mindset right now in his career Um, could he get back to killer instinct could he come back Uh, could he you know change the minds of all of us uh, boxing fans and thinking that he may be a threat because right now you got to admit, he is the weakest link in the heavyweight division. It's a lot of this on Saturday. Get ready for it. 
Oh, man. Well, here's the next question here. Floyd Mayweather made his announcement yesterday that he's going to get in with the YouTube star Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul lost this fight against KSI. Uh, and uh, I don't know if he's fought anybody out after that. But uh, I, mean, I, I get a lot of these questions from casual fans, um, even from the locker locker room app. Um, guys that do shows, they ask me to be on there. I just don't have the time. Um, but, you know, going like, do you think Floyd Mayweather's ruining his, ruining his legacy? Yeah, absolutely he's ruining his legacy. But, you know... <laughs> I mean, that's the dumbest question, right? I mean, wouldn't you think he's ruining his legacy by fate? What is he getting out of fighting Jake Paul besides just a lot, a shitload of money? Oh, man. That's too funny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a guy that calls himself the greatest fighter of all time is fighting a guy that just lost to a guy that plays video games. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's going to buy this fight? Are you going to buy the fight? Let me ask you that first off. You didn't, buy the, you didn't buy the Tyson and Roy Jones fight, but would you buy this Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight? Uh, no. But I no? will find this key for it. <laughs> Guys in the chat room, people are listening right now. Will you buy this fight? Do you think? I mean, at the price... Raise that they're asking for it for uh, a twenty-four something. Well, it's twenty-four ninety-five starting right now. If you buy it right now, that's where you get locked in. But then when it gets closer to the fight, I believe it's it's, it's they're marking it up to like sixty-nine something, almost close to seventy bucks. Uh, getting closer to the fight night. I mean, who's gonna buy this fight? I, I'm just curious, who's gonna buy this fight? Because I know a lot of folks got duped into buying the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. But at least those were two legendary fighters. We got one legendary fighter. Versus oh, in one fighter that lost to a video game player. Eric <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boss, what do you guys think the rules are going to be for this fight? It's an exhibition, you know. So it's pretty much uh, what you know. Let me, let me remind you, Floyd did another exhibition back in Japan. I can't remember the kid's name. He knocked him out. He blew him out. And really, honestly, it's a fight. They're not going to hold back here. You know, uh, Floyd's going to look for the KO if he can get the KO. I mean, he's a, he's a big kid, though. I give uh, 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 Logan Paul, he's a, a very sizable guy. He's sick, I think he's like, what, six foot, six foot one, maybe even six foot two. I'm not really sure. Don't know much about the kid yet. Uh, only thing I know about the kid is that he doesn't know how to fight. Um, but I'm just like, I went when I went to work today, one, one of my guys, uh, one of my managers is like, hey, dude, is, you think Floyd's really going to fight? I'm like, I don't know. They're, they're talking about it. And he's like, that's going to be crazy, bro. Like, I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but I think it's going to be crazy. And I'm like, you know what, though? A lot of people probably end up buying it, especially these kids in this generation, these gamers. A lot of them are going to buy it. So I don't think it's not going to do well. I think it's actually going to do very well. But what I'm asking is my hardcore boxing brothers out there, are you going to buy it? I mean, next you're going to be hearing about Floyd fighting Brian Kenny. Or maybe Larry Merchant. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, if Does nobody wants... Those two guys? With who? Larry Merchant and Brian Kenny from back in the day. <laughs> I like, uh, Chicago Prophet. He said, I'll order it. I won't order it, but I'll find a friend who, who <laughs> probably will. I'll find the suckers. Is what you want to say, Chicago Prophet? I'll find the sucker. I know a lot of suckers that will buy that fight. <laughs> if my compadre Pablo's listening... Pablo, everybody, we're all going down to your house, Bato. You know you're going to find that fight. Uh, 
I really want to know, are you going to buy, <laughs> buy this bike? I, I want to know so bad that, that I wrote a song about it in Milk Card. Do you want to hear the song? I wrote a song about it. Okay? Let's check it out. Let's check it out here. Ooh. I think the uh, trash. Uh, I think that song, this fight's so trash, but here you go. Somebody had a rough night. Oh. <laughs> I, want oh. up. I do. Bring up the straight yeah. Who wants to watch this shit? Who wants to watch it, man? That shit is fucking trash. I agree. Yes, yes, they are. That's why Floyd's doing it. I think we are. Thank you, COVID-19. Get the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sorry, that shit is fucking trash, dog. Get the fuck off. Oh, who's gonna buy it? Gotta eat dinner, man. That's gonna be uh. Does Floyd Mayweather still have a record label? Because I want to submit that to him and see if I can get that as a hit single. Filthy records. They're going strong. They are. They could use this track, you know. Who's gonna buy it? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> oh man, Floyd Mayweather. What is he gonna do against this uh, kid, Logan Paul? Um, I I think he's gonna do exactly what he did to Conor McGregor. He's gonna walk him down. Let this kid spend all his energy. He's just gonna pick him apart. That's what he should do. Okay. But, dude, wouldn't it just be great if this kid did land a big shot and knock this fucker out for, for dis disrespecting this sport? Which you can't, it's really hard to disrespect boxing. Boxing has just a million ways of finding a way of how to, you know, kick itself in the balls and shit. But I just think it would be hilarious if that's the way Floyd ends his career by getting dropped, by even getting dropped by a YouTube gamer guy. Uh, no, it's actually a guy that lost to a YouTube gamer guy. Let's give him, let's give the YouTube gamer guy some credit. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Now you can say, you know, Eric Lorta was mentioning the point that he thought the guy won, which you could make the case that he did win the fight. But at the end of the day, he couldn't knock out a guy who plays video games. No. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, this is what Floyd has resorted to. I guess uh, it he tells needs you the money. it pretty much. I don't think he needs the money. I think what it is with Floyd is that he sees like the talks of Pacquiao, Conor McGregor. He just saw Tyson and Roy Jones. Uh, this guy needs to be fed. You know, his ego needs to be fed. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and well, I think that's what it comes down to. It you know. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the way the guy dresses? doesn't have a fashion sense and stuff. He wants to still look like he's like 16 years old. And he sees that this guy, you know, Logan Paul, like, hey, I can get into the little kitty club here. So let me face this guy. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so the big question, is Floyd Mayweather ruining his, ruining his legacy? Uh, I thought he started I thought he started ruining his legacy a long time ago, even before getting in with Conor McGregor. 
and fighting the kid over in Japan and now fighting this guy. This is just like the icing. But I thought like facing Andre Berto as your retirement fight was pretty bad. I thought it started even before that. I thought it Same started here. when when he didn't fight Asselino Freitas, Jose Casamayor, Costa Zoo. You mm-hmm. know, once he left 130, it was cherry pick Floyd. As in he well, after he fought Jose Luis uh, Castillo, it was cherry pick Floyd. You yes, know, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely after one after he beat Castillo the first time and then event, uh, you know, got rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, after that, it was cherry pick city, really. Yeah, you know, um, he put on his uh, promoter hat, you know, let's yeah. play promoter. That's what he did. I mean, I can't say I blame him. I would to fight Arturo Gatti and not Costa Zoo. I would have no, wanted to I fight Ambe Mitchell and, and not uh, uh, Mar- uh, Margarito, you know. Remember the Shambay Mitchell fight? Yeah. That was, that was his uh, foray into the welterweight division. Yeah, didn't fight Mosley at lightweight. He avoided that fight. Didn't fight Antonio Margarito at welterweight. He avoided that fight. Retired yeah. out even. even. Like us, just who at 140. Wouldn't fight Miguel Cotto in his prime. Nope. Didn't fight Paul Williams. Nope. A lot of names out there that he decided not to go. And when he made his comeback, remember this, he fought Wama Marquez. Sure. <laughs> even, yeah. And didn't make the catchweight. Yeah, didn't even make the catchweight. When he fought Canelo, he made Canelo fight at a catchweight. He didn't fight at a catchweight. But what I'm saying with, with Marquez is he, he he established the catchweight and then just decided he wasn't going to weigh in at that catchweight. Yeah. Know? You know, like so, if if if... if, if if Floyd really, honestly, if he really cared about his legacy and his sport and the sport, he would have said, hey, I'll I'll fight fucking Crawford or I'll fight Spence or I'll fight, you know, uh, even Manny again. You know, I'll give Manny another fight. OK, but I, I, I think what it really just comes down to is that he loves money and he loves the limelight and. Uh, he's, he's more of a celebrity now, which, hey, that's, if that's what you want to do. But I really honestly don't think it affects boxing. I think it's separate. You know, just like the way Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight, to me, it's, it's a separate, it has its own identity. You know, it doesn't really get into the, the, the you know, like the, the fact that, oh, it's, it, look at this, you know, boxing. I see a lot of guys come, that's why they're saying, boxing's ridiculous. This really hurts the sport. You know, this is ruining the sport. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. No, sport. it doesn't ruin the sport. It just hurts him. Yeah. And exactly. what we think of. It. Yeah. But uh, boxing will move on. It always does. Exactly. When I go again, who's going to watch this fight? Nobody. <laughs> All right, guys, man. Thanks for joining us here on Leaving the Rig. We'll see you guys back here on the show. Monday, we're back on a regular schedule at 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, remember to enjoy your weekend. Don't drink and drive. Most of us are on lockdown, so you can't even do that. So don't drink yep. and walk because you will spill your beer. I'm Mel Carr. Till Monday again, brother. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everyone. Fucking trash. Are people that
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.